0: Mm-hmm. And 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 you know it's interesting i mean the i did the, the aspect of guardians of the knowledge and the wisdom you know traditionally what was placed on either side of a door of a museum yeah it's always lions yeah you know they're their guardian and and one thing that i i found i can't even remember where i found it uh but supposedly in ancient times the path to enlightenment was called the way of the lion
1: right yeah.
0: and it kind of got shortened I mean like Jesus says I am the way but he he also followed the way of enlightenment the way of the lion Definitely. so so they it it's like they have been kind of father and mother and teacher and mentor and guardian and 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 all of that to to all of humanity they they just they adore humanity and
1: you got to accentuate the positive Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. So great to be with you again. Look who I have with me today, the delicious and gorgeous (laughs) Ellen Dye. (laughs) Let me tell you a little bit about Ellen. She's an author and an intuitive life coach, vibrational catalyst, reconnective healer, practitioner, medical, physical, metaphysical teacher. (laughs) Messed that up, didn't I? Metaphysical teacher and public speaker, speaking around the country about NDEs and the Great Shift. Ellen has been a guest on quite a few radio shows, so you'll see her around um, iTunes and YouTube and also on her channel at IANS and all sorts of places. So she's shared her story a lot, but we're going to do a slightly different version of her story today. And uh, she also featured in a movie called Back from the Light, a documentary about the effects of the after effects of near-death experiences, which is uh, really important. I know you and Robert Tremlay like to talk about that. Right. I shared one of your line um, things on my Facebook page today, a line of photographs, and Robert liked it and I thought, oh, how come he liked it? Because it, it was his. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Probably. He just posted one a couple of days ago that was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that one. You've got a metaphysical novel called The Search for the Crystal Key, which sounds fascinating, an adventure for all ages. With information she's learned, you learn during your uh, NDE about how life works. These, this is important. She is also writing a new book, right? Creating yep. heaven on earth one soul at a time a how to manual manual from the perspective of a near death experiencer welcome to the show ellen <laughs> so great <laughs> to have you yeah, on the thank you
0: it's great to be here
1: <laughs> so we're going to explore your nde today and um I always love exploring people's out-of-body experiences, uh, you know, personally, I think we have them every night, we just don't remember, mm-hmm. and I, agree. Um, I, I heard you in another talk that, you know, you couldn't figure out how to have an out-of-body experience, and, you know, when I hear people say that, because I say that all the time, I know that I have them all the time, I just don't remember them, so there's this, there's this sort of Maya, there's this, I don't know, this thing that just stops us from remembering. So when someone has a near-death experience, you know, the experience mostly, most people that they have is burned into their, you know, conscious memory like it was yesterday. It doesn't matter how long ago it was. And I know that you've shared yours. Yours was about, yours was quite a long time ago, wasn't it?
0: 1985.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you still remember it like yesterday, right?
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: So I, I I heard you say that you were one of those kids, those curious kids. There's a few synchronicities between the two of us, which I find mm-hmm. interesting. Whenever any ever anyone interviews me, I always say I was one of those insatiably curious children that never stopped asking why and drove mm-hmm. my parents crazy. And yeah. I've heard you say exactly the same. Do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about that?
0: <laughs> well, I was. Um, I think I had experiences as a child that showed me that there's a lot more going on out there than they're teaching us, you know. And um, so when I was 12 years old, my mother died of cancer, and she was in the hospital, and I was home and asleep in my bed. And she showed up in my room, my bedroom, just as you know, solid and clear as you are. And you know, she said goodbye. And that everything was going to be all right, you know, I mean, since then I've said, yeah, easy for you to say, <laughs> you know, you're not here, but, but so that really, you know, pushed me um, to become a seeker. But I think even, even as a child, it was always, I wanted to understand how things work. Yeah. I wanted to understand, you know, the cause and effect or if somebody thought this way or that way, I wanted to understand why they thought that way. And, you know, why did we come up with these rules in society or, you know, especially whenever my, you know, my parents told me I had to do something or this was the way we did it. I wanted to know why. Why? (laughs) If there wasn't a good reason, I wasn't going to do it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) I know these children are so infuriating, but you and I were one of them. Like my parents were just like, oh my God, stop questioning and just do it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) tell me why and then I'll do it. Great, great. <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> so funny. Another synchronicity is your your mother died when you were young, mine too. You were 12, oh, I was yeah. four, 15, 4 to 16 maybe, just after my 16th birthday. So interesting. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about, you talk about in your NDE, which we'll get to, you know, seeing how your, we choose all these things in our life plan. What do you think the plan is when someone chooses to lose a parent at an early age? What do you think that they want to experience?
0: Hmm. Well, I think it can, it can be a number of different things because we're all different. Yeah. And, um, you know, we all have our past experience and, um, and we want to like fill in blanks or explore certain themes more. And, um, So, I mean, on on the face of it, uh, obviously, you've decided that you want to understand what it feels like to lose a parent um, at at a young age. And, you know, what that does to your worldview, what that does um, in terms of how how you grow up and how it affects you long term. you know, I have no idea whether it has anything to do with whether you're trying to to balance a life where perhaps you were responsible for somebody losing a parent. You know, I don't know. Mm. It, it could be any number of things. Mm. Um, and and my sense of it is that that when we choose to do that, then the, the other people in our family um, agree to whatever their role is going to be to also experience that situation from their perspective mm. so it's not just for one person um you know and and all those other people were just caught off guard you know <laughs> with this horrible thing it's it's everybody involved in the scenario has jointly agreed you know we, we'll do this and experience it and see see what how, what we learn from that yeah
1: totally absolutely okay so you're a curious kid and asked a lot of questions and you know when and you're adopted also right. so you were looking into life and like there's you know I saw mum standing at the end of my bed what's going on so you were filled with these questions and some answers by the time you had your car accident weren't you
0: yes well i was <laughs> i was 35 when i had my car accident right my nde so so i had um after my mother's death when I was 12, I I really started reading all the metaphysical information I could find. So I started out with the Seth material and that Let kind me of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, just learning as much as I could, because it, it was clear that there was, there was more about life than they were teaching us. And I had had an early early childhood disconnect with the church because I was the one who got expelled from Sunday school because I asked too many questions. (laughs) Like, well, that just doesn't make sense to me, you know? And, and, um, so, so I, you know, I read as much as I could find and, um, you know, I I I, it, I laugh because when other girls in high school were sneaking out of the house at night to go on dates with boys, I was sneaking out of the house to go to seances. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I just wanted to 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 figure out you know, what does this world mean? And where do I fit into it? And why does all this stuff happen? Because even as a kid, I could look around and say, what in the heck are we doing out there? You know, it makes no sense. So yeah, by the time, by the time I had my NDE, I had a very um, strong base of knowledge about metaphysics. But, but what I learned was, I hadn't, it was all in my head yeah and i hadn't i hadn't moved it from my head to my heart i wasn't really living it i wasn't i hadn't integrated it into my life i it was just knowledge that i had
1: yeah, yeah. and
0: um so this and is- that's That was funny because, you know, I had, you know, I was slightly superior because I knew I understood how it all worked, you know, and these other people didn't, you know, and and I could use that for ego gratification to feel superior, Uh but, but after my NDE, it was like, no, actually, it's kind of makes me inferior because I knew all this but I wasn't applying it in my life. If somebody doesn't know it and doesn't apply it, you know, that's not such a bad thing, <laughs> but but if you know it and you're not applying it, you know, you need to look at that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is a trap we all fall in and I've fallen in that trap too, that when we think we know something because we understand it,
0: mm-hmm. Yep.
1: but we don't, actually live it, and um oh this is this is a big one, so wow, so it was a bit a bit of a sledgehammer moment, wasn't it the n d e oh,
0: oh yes, yeah. it, 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 it was a rude awakening and rude awakening. it's like you know the universe had to hit me in the head with a car <laughs> to get my attention so that I would you know go go back to the principal's office, you know, go back and talk to my guides, and they could yeah. say, "Alan." what are you doing? Yeah. You know? It's like, have you forgotten something? You know? Um, so, you know, it's not that I was, I'm so special that I had an MDE. I kind of look at it that I was such a slow learner that, you know, <laughs> the intervention was required.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sledgehammer moments. I've had many of them dying. Many, 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 because it's crazy. You know, we, We have these traumatic things that happen to us that really wake us up sometimes, especially when we're already, um, that happened to a girlfriend recently. She got very, very ill. And in her illness, she was just so grateful for everyone around her. And then as she gets better, it's like she said to me, why, why so much pain? And my guides just said to her, so you won't forget. So you won't forget. And it's crazy how we forget again. We just forget. Like we go back into the habit of being uh, whatever, superior or being, um, I don't know, needy. She's very needy. (laughs) Like demanding things from people all the time because you think that if you don't demand, you won't get. Like It's just we go back into those habits. Anyway, a bit of a sledgehammer car moment is hard to forget. It's like Natalie Sudman blown up in a bomb blast yeah that'll do it yeah that'll do it all right well let's get to the NDE because I want to explore your guides it's really what I want to do but we'll go through the NDE (laughs) because I love exploring the energy that people experience when they go home you know and hit by a car found yourself hovering above your body Mm -hmm. looking down do you want to take it from there
0: Okay, so um, the the impact occurred. I saw the impact about to occur, and and it it did occur, but I didn't feel anything. Yeah, and I was just suddenly looking down at the top of my car from about twelve fifteen feet up, and it took a second to reorient myself and go, you know, what am I what am I looking at? And and then it was like, well, who am I? If I'm looking at the top of my car and I know my body's still in there, who, who is I? You know, Who am I talking about? And um, So you know that was, that was fascinating to have that realization and to, and, and to realize that as once out of the body, I expanded. And it was sort of like, you know, it's like, you know, being in a really tight bathing suit and suddenly taking it off, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, and, and, you know, I was just this expansive <laughs> being and it's like, wow, I'm glad I'm out of that thing, you know? And, and I, I thought there should be a ton, I think there should be a ton of light somewhere. And as soon as I th- thought that it, it kind of came up from behind me and I heard this like whoosh, and, and I felt this energy.
1: Let me just ask you a question before we go into the tunnel. When okay. you were out of your body, did everything just look normal or did things look different? Like seeing through your um, astral body's eyes as opposed to your physical eyes, did mm-hmm. things look just normal, like normal solid, um, or did it look different?
0: I don't think I've ever had anybody ask me that question, so <laughs> I have to think about it for a second. I think it looked pretty much the same, although now that I think, now that I kind of go back into 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 it, um, I think I I think I saw more of auras around things too. Right. Um, the the colors were basically the same, um, and and shapes and you know general things were were pretty much the same um as i recall but i think i might have been seeing a little more of the the vibrational nature of everything
1: mm. and were you alone at that point until you said where's yes. the tunnel
0: <laughs> yes
1: okay yes. okay so you, you the tunnel comes behind you what happens then
0: and so so before i even saw the light in the tunnel i could feel it i could feel the energy of the light because this is it's not it's not just a light like we say light like the lamp or the light bulb it it is that but it's it's alive and it's conscious and it knows us so it felt like this very loving being who knew me really well was was beckoning me to come through come into this light and the more i got into it the more i felt that and the more i felt this this amazing love that we don't feel here on planet earth so on one hand it was wow this is this is amazing love that i haven't felt on earth before but it was also simultaneously so familiar Mm. and and it was even in the tunnel I started getting this feeling of oh I'm back where I belong Mm. it's like oh yeah (laughs) you know it was as if I had been away at summer camp and I hated it and now I was going home and um
1: but because of a lot of the books that you'd read and the research, you, you, you were sort of familiar, like you were experiencing something that you'd read about, right? Like that you'd,
0: I had read a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but in 1985 there was not a lot out there. Yeah. Um, Raymond Moody had written mm-hmm. um, life after life and I had read that and I, I had read um, I might've read something by Kenneth ring about that time, mm. but it was, it was very little ab- about, you know. Um, I, I just knew enough to know, oh, there should be a, t- shouldn't there be a tunnel of light somewhere? Because I had read about that, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, and and apparently that was for a long time. That was a very unusual thing for somebody to have an NDE who already knew what it was. And, um, so I, I had no fear whatsoever. I was, you know, I was eager to get on with it. I was like, Oh, I'm out of my body. I'm, I'm out of that 3d earth thing and I'm going home. Whoopee.
1: (laughs) (laughs) If only we can all die like that. Whoopee. I'm going home.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm terrible at a funeral because I'm always envious of the person who died. (laughs) I totally get it. You know, and you can't say that to people who are, you know, who are grieving, you know. Oh, I, under, I understand their grief because they're left behind without that person. But but for me, I'm kind of looking at the casket going, it's like, can I go next? You know? Oh,
1: <laughs> Well, the whole point of these things is not to go home, but to bring home here while we're here. I,
0: I agree with you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, so in the light, (laughs) it's a challenge, but we're up for it, right?
0: Yes, we are. That's what we're
1: doing here. Okay, in the light, going home, what happens next?
0: So I get pulled into this tunnel and, um, and, and I'm just feeling this love and I'm just basking in this love and it's sort of like, well, I could just stay here forever. I'd be quite happy, you know and And I go through the tunnel, and I come out into this kind of atmosphere that's that's all light, but it's 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 more this it's it's this I once described it as being in the heart of God, and that's kind of what it felt like that I was embraced in in the heart of this this living, conscious loving light and um It, I knew that it knew me and it was, it was ecstatic to have me back. And, you know, I, I do remember thinking that, you know, I felt like I had yearned for this all my life. Mm. And here I'm feeling that home had yearned for me while I was gone. Mm. And, um, so about that time, I see this whole crowd of people come over here and, um, come coming toward me. And that's when I saw all of my dead relatives. (laughs) I use the term dead loosely because they weren't dead. (laughs) And, um, and so, you know, they were, my mother was there, my grandmother, a couple of uncles, um, some grandparents that I, uh, my grandmother who I barely remembered who had died when I was about four or five. Oh, pretty.
1: <laughs> your your and, cat's in the background too. Look, our, oh, is little, it? our little lion beings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I have a couple of live ones around here too. Um, and, um, and, and some, my, I had never met, either of my grandfathers, so they were both there, but I knew who they were, and, um, you know, we had this, like, big reunion, and then they were telling me how much they loved me, how proud they were of me, that they had, you know, they had been with me every day, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you know, were there to cheer me on, and to comfort me when I needed it, and, and they were just so proud of me, and, um, that that was amazing and then it became more amazing when I saw these other people (laughs) that I had never met in this life that I knew of and I realized that it was my biological father and my biological grandparents and I knew them immediately I knew who they were and um, and and he, my biological father, said, you know, I, I'm so proud of you, and, you know, we kind of didn't know how it was all going to work out, but, but, you know, look at you, it worked out so beautifully, and, um, and I'm so proud, and, and that was amazing, because it really showed me that, you know, we had all arranged this together. mm and um, if, I, if I fast forward a little bit to, to the late 90s, I actually found my, my birth family. And um, at that point, both of my birth, fa- birth parents had died. But my father that I saw in my NDE in 1985 died of a heart attack in 1964 mm. when I was 14. And I thought, wow, even if my birth mother had changed her mind and decided to keep me and not arrange an adoption, I would have lost a parent at a young age. Right. So it's like I had plan A and I had plan B. B. And either one, I was going to lose that parent. That just blew my mind. (laughs)
1: So the mother that you saw at the end of your bed was your adopted mother.
0: My adopted mother. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right. Right. Okay. So do you think that when someone is out of body, because I understand that, you know, we're in body, out of body simultaneously, we, we hanker to go home, but we actually never leave home. We just just focus in this perspective and then forget that we're actually at home. Do, did you see anyone that was not dead on the earth? while you were in this out of body experience or were they all that all exited the matrix hmm
0: i think i think the ones that i saw had all exited yeah but i i also knew that i wasn't there to see them yeah that was sort of That was a little here. You get to do this real quick. That was a little treat, you know.
1: Right. Okay. So you didn't sit around and like talk and talk and talk. You just sort of hugged and greeted each other and went, nice to see you, and moved on.
0: Kind of, yes. Yeah. Although there's no time there. So it did seem like I was with them for quite some time, you know, but (laughs) it's kind of confusing. Uh, But so about that time, I, I realized that. Just being in all of this whiteness, um, no matter how wonderful it felt, um, was a little disconcerting because, you know, here on earth we're used to um, uh, three dimensions. We're used to depth and and colors. and And I was starting to just feel a little kind of like, well... I was feeling a nudge that I was supposed to like go and talk to somebody else. And it was sort of like, well, how do I go somewhere when there isn't a somewhere there, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah. It, I I just thought, you know, I really wish this kind of looked like 3D a little more, a little more like a landscape or something. And and as I thought that that, that it was like a hand came across and and painted a landscape for me Mm. it was and again everything was alive and the reason i mentioned the colors before was that um out of my body but still kind of around planet earth the colors were the same and whereas at home the colors were just magnificent and color color some colors that we have i've never seen in in you know in this world and and all of the grass was alive with the consciousness I mean we're aware that grass is alive, but this was more like you could actually have a conversation with this grass you know yeah, yeah. And, and and you know the birds and the and butterflies and you know then i and then I saw all all of these like dogs and cats like running across. <laughs> and and all the animals we had had in my family and that I had had as an adult uh, who had passed on had, you know, were, were there and they were romping around and, you know, acknowledged my presence. And, and, um, so, so there was a, there, there was a, a pathway and, you know, the kind of glows. <laughs> so funny. It's like there was no question of where I was supposed to go because wow. of the you know, the path was glowing. It's like, okay, I can follow that. So I kind of went through this really old, what seemed like, like a very old forest with these amazing trees that, you know, I wanted to stop and hug every one of them. <laughs> and, um, and, and I ended up coming into this clearing that had like a gazebo in it. And would it sort of, you know, just a building uh, with with columns and a roof, but no walls.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: and And I could see that there were beings in there. And um, so I went up there, and uh, there were there were like twelve of them, and I ended up kind of standing in the middle of this circle. And they were all like twelve or fourteen feet tall and I'm (laughs) 5'4", and, but it wasn't intimidating, it was like, I, I mean, it really was, it was like, I knew them better than the relatives that I had seen earlier. These, these beings were more of a kinship to me than they were, and, and, they were like old friends and old teachers and old guides and i just you know loved them beyond belief and they loved me beyond belief and and they kind of personified the love that was in the light already that they just loved me they it seemed like a century they just stood and and regarded me Mm. and and i could feel that they could they could see everything I had ever done, everything I had not done, everything I had thought, everything I had said, everything I had not said, you know, all of it. And, and they loved every single bit. There was so, no judgment at all.
1: In a way, because of their knowledge of you it was kind of like having your life review through their knowledge of you
0: in a way yes yeah and 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 they did show me i mean they i didn't have a classic life review where Mm. you actually feel the the impact that you have on others like if if you cause pain you feel that pain Mm. if you cause joy you feel that joy i did not have that um I had them uh, looking at me in that way and seeing everything. Mm. And I also had, it was like, it was like a movie with no sound. Oh, <laughs> interesting. So <laughs> that, that, and, I, and I saw my whole life and, you know, every, as I'd see something happen and I'd kind of start to think, oh, I could have handled that better, yeah. you know. And and I would feel this love come to me, like you were perfect. You know, you you did you did the best you could.
1: You you did what a human would do. You
0: you were human. Yeah. You, you know, you're not expected to be perfect. You're yeah. you know you're supposed to fall down. You know, and and the key is to pick yourself up and learn from that. And 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 so you know, it it just was this. I I didn't really have a too much time to to think oh that was you know I was really bad there or I could have done so much better because as soon as that thought would start to enter my head it was like kind of no honey you were you did good you know you were <laughs> so, and it,
1: it, so you I, could see what they could see like they were seeing and you were seeing simultaneously it's sort yeah, of like sort of, yeah. so there was this complete connection between consciousness, minds, beings. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, beautiful, yeah.
0: And, and just n- the only judgment that was happening was me having these thoughts periodically. Yeah, yeah. And, and,
1: um, and at the time you were seeing these beings as just like beings of light, weren't you? Well, no, hang yes. on. When you can let me rephrase that, when you came back you remembered them as beings of light until until that memory of the you know, yep. that sort of memory came back to you as them being
0: different. Lion people. <laughs> Lion people
1: I love it, I love it. And
0: I think that at the time, I mean I was not into ETs, I was not, you know, I, I was not into that at all and um i just think that my consciousness or my or my higher self knew that i just was not ready to recognize who they were and it it took about five years and it was really funny because during those five years almost immediately after my near-death experience my friends started giving me things that had to do with lions. I would get lion statues. I would get lion jewelry. I would get lion pictures. I would get books about lions and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I, you know, I have a cat, um, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a collector of things. So what is going on? And I didn't know. And, um, about the same time I started realizing that I could feel I could feel this sort of energetic presence following me around and it wasn't just one presence it was a whole bunch of them (laughs) and (laughs) and and i slowly realize and I think I must have seen I I must have had an image come into my head and I thought Okay, there's something about lions because now I have Disincarnate lions Following me around and and I don't know what this means and And that went on for a long time and I told very few people about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I really thought I was going nuts until there was this one guy I knew who had also had an NDE. And one time I walked into the into a meeting and he says, Oh, here's Ellen and her lions. And I just stopped dead. And I was like, What? <laughs> you can see them? I can't see them. And <laughs> and he says, Oh, yeah, there's like 12 of them. And it's like, oh my God, he can see them. And it was fascinating because they could. They could change size. And and I could also sometimes see the effect that they had on other people. Like if I happened to be walking down a dark street at night and and some somebody was some guy, you know, big guy that I didn't know was walking toward me on the sidewalk, all of a sudden I would feel these lions get bigger like to a full size lion usually they were like sort of dog size and and suddenly the the guy would cross the street (laughs) to walk on the other side of the street and i'd be like whoa (laughs) this is cool you know what did you do you know so i had people giving me lions i had these disincarnate lions around me and this just went on you know for a few years and and I guess I got softened up enough I think probably during that time I started hearing like friends of mine talking about ETs and stuff like that and I started like opening my mind a little bit like well yeah it's kind of silly to think that we're the only beings in the universe and certainly if we're the best god can do that's just sad <laughs> and And so, you know, when you look around in the world, you know, it's like, no, I hope we're not the best, you know. And um, so I was in this gift shop one day and I saw these, uh, this rack of cards and they were for, um, this artist had done cards for um, everything in the Zodiac, all the Zodiac signs. And, and I turned the, the stand and I, and I saw the one for Leo and it was a lion person and I looked at it and it was like my head exploded <laughs> and and I suddenly, it was almost like those beings in the gazebo had had sheets over their heads and somebody just walked in and pulled the sheets down and I went like, oh my god, they were lion people. And <laughs> And as soon as I thought that, it's like my knees completely buckled and I went straight down on the floor.
1: <laughs> wow. So when you say lion people, so they had human bodies with heads like a lion.
0: Um, pretty much. Pretty much. Lots of hair, you know, furry like a lion, mane, a mane like a lion. Uh the the head definitely head and face definitely like a lion. But mm. hands.
1: Like normal means- hands
0: the with, fingers
1: right right you know right.
0: feet with toes um feet
1: with toes yeah.
0: yeah and it's like i always wondered why i thought you know remember that old old tv show beauty and the beast i thought that guy was gorgeous
1: yeah it's like True. now
0: i understand
1: yeah there you go <laughs> beauty and the beast okay ellen who are the lion people and who are they to humanity
0: well besides being my family, uh, um, they are they are very very, 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 very old species mm-hmm. in the, in in the cosmos. I won't even say the universe because there are many universes mm-hmm. and they have been around probably before earth was made Mm -hmm. they are their their general essence is guardianship uh they are guardians and they are guardians um of the ancient wisdom they're guardians of wisdom and truth and they are guardians of humanity. They see humanity as their children. Mm-hmm. They're master geneticists, which may be why they see humanity as their children. <laughs> I know I know that they walked the planet at at one time and it was millions of years ago. Mm-hmm. I think in their own form, Earth is too dense now for them to come here physically. They can't do it. It's too. It's too hard <laughs> not to mention that they'd scare people, you know, <laughs> but, um, they have, they have this immense love for humans. And another, another thing that I got uh, part of their guardianship is that I, I keep getting this phrase that they're guardians of the gods.
1: Okay. Okay, so as I hear you talk about them, I keep seeing uh, the picture of, you know, Jesus with his lion and his lamb. And lions yeah, yeah. have been depicted all over the world. There's a beautiful, in China, uh, to the one of the temples or palaces, there's these big lions at the gate and they have their paws over a globe which is has the uh, flower of life, you know, pattern on mm-hmm. it. So it's like they're, po- it's just exactly what you've said. It's like they've got their pore over this globe. It's it's like the earth. Yeah, it's like they're guarding the earth. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you're saying. It's really interesting. It's, and it's depicted all over the world and it is. through um, different religions and
0: for centuries and for, centuries yeah. and centuries. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, it's interesting. I mean the I did the the aspect of guardians of the knowledge and the wisdom, you know, traditionally what was placed on either side of a door of a museum. Yeah. It's always lions. Yeah. You know, they're they're guardian. And and one thing that I, I found, I can't even remember where I found it. Uh, but supposedly in ancient times, the path to enlightenment was called the way of the lion,
1: right?
0: Yeah. And it kind of got shortened. I mean, like Jesus says, I am the way, but he, he also followed the way of enlightenment, the way of the lion. Definitely. So, so they. It's like they have been kind of father and mother and teacher and mentor and guardian and and, and all of that to, to all of humanity. They, they just, they adore humanity. And um, the other thing that I love is that they have a fabulous sense of humor. <laughs> and they kind of wish we would all just lighten up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> and um, so you know, I mean as I say they they have been around. I don't know if they were the, you know, the first the first race or the first species that that were ever created by the creator or not. I don't know, but they've been around, you know. <laughs> Probably more than just about everybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um the species created by the creator. No. But yeah, ancient. Um so what is their message to humanity?
0: Let me let me tune in and see what they have to say. <laughs> if they'll talk, sometimes they don't. live in courage, truth, and humor.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And when you were with them while you were out of body, apart from them showing you your life, do you remember what they were, were they kind of teaching you more? Like, like, this is you. Now let's like, this is how you fit into the greater scheme of things.
0: Yes. Because I asked, I I basically said, what the hell was that? You know, (laughs) why do we do that? What, what, what point does any of that have? And, and they did show me, they showed me all of my past lives the same way again as, you know, just like a silent movie where I just saw it all. (laughs) It's like, Wow, I've been around the block a few times, haven't I? Um,
1: Do Do you remember all, all of them now, or did?
0: No, I don't remember all of them. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah.
1: Because we're not supposed to, are we? Oh
0: no, your head would explode. Yeah, and and, you know, (laughs) I get I get past life recall periodically. Like if I meet somebody or if I go someplace. Yeah. That that was significant, and it's. It's not just if it was significant for me, it's it's if it has a significance in this life.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: For me to remember, for me to t- be able to tap into that life. Um, so I'd say I've probably remembered about 30 of them.
1: Wow, that's you know, a lot. Out
0: of hundreds out of hundreds and hundreds. What's, what's
1: one that most impacts this life that you remember?
0: Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a hard one. I, I've, I know I've had some come up when I'm having a difficulty with with a person, yeah. And and I want to understand why, you know, why does this person hate me on sight, you know? And then then I find out that I was the uh, the uppity runaway slave, and they were the overseer. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, no wonder. <laughs> And they're like, oh shoot, not her again. You know, <laughs> And they don't even know why they don't like me, you know, so I'll get those. But in terms of, of my overall life, I would have to say, I, I know that I was a night Templar right. a number of times and, and what I have come to understand, I don't, I don't think it's been written anywhere because I don't, I don't know if. I don't know if you'd find it in research, Um, but my sense of the Templars was that they were very aligned with the Lions, with the Lion people. Yeah, and that the inner core of the Templars were high initiates uh, from the mystery schools, and and they were they were guardians of the ancient wisdom as well. So you know, people have heard the stories of how the the Templars hot-footed it over to Jerusalem and, and, you know, took up residence in the stables of the Temple of Solomon and then dug underground for 14 years and then ran back to Paris. And because they were, they were securing artifacts and 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 scrolls and ancient wisdom and and bringing it to safety out of the out of the middle east and um to protect it because uh, as we also know there was the uh, the burning of the library of, of alexandria mm-hmm. um, you know lost you know more more knowledge of of the history of humankind Mm. and and where we come from and who we really are I mean it was just to me if somebody said what's the worst thing that that has ever happened on earth I would say the burning of the library of Alexandria because that cut us off from from what was being passed down about who we are and then the, the only people who still had that knowledge were the people in the mystery schools yeah and I and I know that the Templars the, the inner circle of the Templars came out of those mystery schools right. and um so they and they were very much dedicated to the the wisdom the ancient wisdom and the truth and um and I know that those have been very strong principles in my life through yeah. my whole life yeah through my whole life okay, so, so it,
1: but, you know, knowledge that's burnt in books is never really lost because it's all, you know, available. Right, right. And there's so many channelers on the earth right now well, that are just bringing now, through yeah. lost knowledge <laughs>
0: now. Yeah, 2,000 um, years later.
1: <laughs> with your knowledge of who they are and how they uh, serve humanity mm-hmm. and your connection to them, what is your role apart from being <gasps> a reconnective healer, metaphysical teacher, yada, 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 you know, with this sort of guardianship of the wisdom, what's your role in this lifetime as you connect to them?
0: Well, I think part of it was, I think that's that's partly why I felt compelled all my life to dig out the ancient wisdom so that it would be you know, knowledge that I had. Um, part of my purpose is the same purpose everybody on the planet has. I I believe is to be as authentic as we can be. So just by I'm here. I'm here to walk in my own vibration, and, and to emanate that out, and, and the more I become a clear channel of, of my vibration, and the lion people, that emanates out, whether, I, it doesn't mean that, that I'm supposed to be out having, you know, figure out a way to have audiences of 1500 at a time, so that they can hear what, my great wisdom, or anything, it's, It goes out into the ethers. Just it's the vibrational quality, and um, that's what I've come to understand. I mean, if you know, after my NDE, I thought, "Oh, I'm supposed to write a book. Oh, I'm supposed to become a healer. Oh, I'm supposed to do this." And you know, 35 years later, after doing all those things um, and filling all of those job descriptions, I realize it's like I'm just supposed to be who I am. And, you know, talk to people as me and share my light and, and my vibration and any wisdom I've accumulated over time. And and that helps the planet. I mean, the, yeah. more, the more we are who we are, whether you're associated with the lion people or not, is the more authentic we are, the more we, the more peace we have in our lives, because we're not trying to be something that we're, we're not. And so we have more peace and, and we're able to have more love and we're less insecure. And, and we walk around in that vibe yeah, and, and we touch people. It's like, you know, you put a toe in the lake and the ripples go all the way across and, and, and that's it, you know,
1: um, Look, as I'm hearing you, there are so many people, you know, who have had NDEs that'll be watching this that maybe have never spoken about it, or maybe they think, "What am I supposed to do with this?" And then there are people who know there are difference makers. What am I supposed to do with this? How? 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 How do I serve the planet? And what you're saying is so true. You know, just being, just being who you know yourself to be. Take off the mask. Stop trying to fit in. Uh, remember, you're here to stand out, not to fit in. is is enough. And yeah. then, and then, if your impulse to write it down, or if your exactly. um, impulse to write some music or poetry, or um, you know, do some art, or stand on stage and speak to people, or go and group, you know, to groups and speak to people, you know, then do that. But um, cultivating that vibration of authenticity, and that takes courage you know in the new age you know with the mainstream yeah. mind the mainstream mind the mainstream stream of consciousness is so strong and so powerful that's why we need sledgehammer moments because we get mm-hmm. swept up in it you know we get yeah. we're just like floating in the it's stream it's like quicksand of, yeah quicksand and then uh it takes courage to like be amongst mainstream people and talk about lion people or ETs or after you know past lives or near death experiences or and courage is yeah that that courage I, that's what they bringing now more than ever because it's the people with the courage to speak about who they are not amongst groups that understand but out there right. in the world. And people right. are going to say, are you crazy? Like, this has been my life, right? Are you crazy? And you go, yeah, maybe I'm a little bit crazy, but that's my truth.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and, and, and what I have found, I, I have people come up to me at, at NDE conferences and they say, well, you know, I would, I, I would talk about my NDE, but, but I'm afraid that people will, you know, shut me down or, you know, won't believe me or think I'm crazy or whatever. You know, how do you do it? And, and to me, again, the authenticity thing, it's like when, when you're being authentic, you lose your insecurity because you're no longer trying to get your validation from other people.
1: Exactly.
0: And, and so for exactly. me... Exactly.
1: I want you to repeat that because that's just that's a pearl. When uh, I don't know
0: if I can. Yes, when, you can. When, I'm
1: be, when, when you're being authentic, you no longer get your validation from other people.
0: Right, and, and 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 so therefore we we become insecure because we're always looking around to see. Well, does that guy think I'm cool, or am I being accepted by these people? Do you know? Do they think I'm crazy? Do they think? What do they think about me? And and what they, whoever they are, think of us becomes more important than what we think of ourselves. And and so when we become truly authentic we're no longer insecure because the only person we have to please really is ourselves. Yeah. Or, or as I would say, our higher selves, you know, and, and so um, I can't remember where we were going with that. <laughs> you know, when you talk
1: about your high self, when you were talking about going home and you said um, that light, was so glad I was back and I was glad I was back and it was glad I was back. All I could think of, you know, I don't think of that light as, as uh, it's hard to, cause there's no separation. And I'm trying to talk about it in a linear, linear separate point of view. (laughs) But that, that light that was so pleased you were back, it was like your higher self. So our higher self like sends out this extent, you know, our higher self is that aspect, which is the aspect of source of the creator, and then it sends out these extensions of itself yeah. into lives, you know, different dimension and different lives and different planets and ooh, all sorts of things. And then when a part of itself comes home, it's it's like, yeah, that's what I felt when you were talking about
0: mm, uh-huh.
1: that, that higher self is that aspect of us which is the God aspect of us, but we are an extension of that. When people talk about God, often I think they're talking about their higher self. Well, and I don't
0: like to use the word God because it is so laden with interpretation and definitions and connotations and denotations. And everybody has a different idea of what that word means. Um, I kind of felt that where I was was more than just my higher self. That it was it was more of all that is, um, but um, yeah. But you, but you're absolutely right that we leave a large part of ourselves back there, and and it's like it's like when you come back into your body, it's like trying to fit a, an elephant into a Coca-Cola can. <laughs> and so you can you can put a little bit, maybe the tip of the trunk in the can but the rest of you is up here you know Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and um and it's always with you and it's always in in connection with all that is so Yeah. yeah but um but oh i know what my point i was trying to make was that that the more authentic you are the less you have to convince anybody of what you're talking about so and I think that's the problem when people say, I want to tell you this story. And in their head, they're going, oh, please, please, please believe me. You know. And I don't care if anybody really believes me. I, I really don't care. It's like, you know, Ooh. take what you want from it. I'm sharing my experience. You can Ooh. walk away and think I'm crazy. You can walk away and think that was really cool. You can walk away with some some new understandings of life or whatever it's up to you i'm just here and since you asked you know since i had an opportunity i'll i'll tell you what what's what's my truth Mm -hmm. and if you want to make some of that your truth that's that's great but um you know take what you want and leave the rest and it's no skin off my nose yeah exactly when you're in that energy of I'm not trying to convince you of anything, then people are much more free to hear what you say and decide for themselves what what they want to get from it. Whereas if you're like, you know, you have to believe this, this really happened, you have to believe this, you know, and I'm gonna keep at you till you believe me, then they get defensive and shut down and they can't hear you anyway.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, as I tune into this authenticity, you don't even have to say anything. No, just sitting in your authenticity, sitting in your knowing, sitting in your truth, you just emanate a quality and people just ask you, it's like, they just, they start asking you instead of questioning you, like questioning what you're saying, like, I don't know if I believe that they start to ask you questions like, tell me more. You know, so right, there's like right. two questions. I don't think that that's possible, or wow, that sounds amazing. Tell me more. So there's the difference between just when you're in your truth, it it just it's this vibration. A girlfriend said to me on the phone the other day that she's she's a teacher and she teaches little kids Hebrew, right? And she has these couple of kids that won't listen to her. And they they get up in the class and say, she's dumb, she's stupid, let's play up, and they get the whole class running around screaming and yelling, and she's like, and I just started to think about how she could, and all she needs to do is just be in that truth that we're Mm -hmm. talking about, and these kids will just calm down because she's just emanating a vibration of power. Yeah. And this is what I think that the lion beings are showing us because when you look at a lion you just see power don't you like scary it, kind of power
0: but it's but it's just innate yeah they don't do anything to exert power over anybody yeah, yeah. they're and just respect. there
1: yeah they're
0: just in their power
1: the king it's of the just jungle
0: in them yeah 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 and and and, and that Regalness, you know, and, yeah. and magnificence, and 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 that's it, you know, because whether people know that they're doing it or not, they're always reading each other's energy field. yeah. and if we say things and we feel ambivalent about it, it's like if you've ever tried to set a boundary with somebody and you're feeling ambivalent about holding that that boundary, they will pick that up in a minute. And, and they will knock that boundary over because they can sense that you're ambivalent about it. Yeah. But if you're just like, here's the boundary, end of discussion, Mm. they're not going to come anywhere near that. They're going to respect that boundary because they can just feel it.
1: (laughs) Respect. So for people listening to this. Can they call on the lion beings, like if they're feeling like, I need a bit of that, you know, I would like my colleagues to respect me or my family to respect me or my husband or friends, you know, I've got my beliefs that I know are important to share and when I share them I feel nervous and and people say I'm crazy and stuff and it would be lovely to have that respect. Can they call on the lion beings?
0: Absolutely. The lion beings would love it. They are (laughs) They are there. Ooh, I just gotta chill. <laughs> they are there to help. They they love us and, and they're there to help. And especially if we call call out for courage as we as we walk in our truth. That I mean, you know, that's like their favorite thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know, I will I warn people they they will poke you. <laughs> <laughs> to get you to laugh. And and you'll know you're being poked. But but they um you know when when you asked that question the vision that came into my head was from uh the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. And like, you know, when when the kids were like walking along with that giant giant loving, gentle but fierce lion. Yeah. And and you can see yourself walking with the lion yeah and you know they 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 would love to be called on they they would just love it and they're here for anybody
1: you know that word fierce love can be fierce you know when we think of love so the thing that you've described about them is this unconditional love
0: mm-hmm. which is
1: that love of source and people often you know, think about what love is. But love can be fierce. Like yes. so my brother has just gone through, you know, an heart operation and it, it, it's fierce mm-hmm. but it comes from a fierce love because in his physical demise, his heart has opened. You know, I said to my sister-in-law, They don't really. My sister in law's been listening. They've been listening to me talk about all this stuff all my life, but they've they've put me in the sort of you know woo woo box, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They don't really pay attention because it's much more important to you know focus on work and pay the bills and you know be Mm. on the treadmill. Yeah, but When stuff like this happens to you, you know, you start to open your perspective a bit and he is more receptive. My brother, who's very, very cynical, is more receptive than he's ever been in his life before, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's the heart chakra. He's had open heart surgery. And, um, you know, that was fierce love. That was fierce love because yeah. his mind was so closed And he was so on this treadmill that, you know, and and having a car accident, you know, a sledgehammer moment, that was fierce love as well. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah. So when trauma looks like pain and, you know, the Christians would say the devil done it, sometimes it's fierce love because we're so closed inside our mind and we need to crack open our hearts, yeah.
0: Or sometimes we think, I mean, the one that really gets me is that when people, you know, when I, when my mother was, was ill, I was told not to tell anybody at school because they might think less of us. And I'm like, why would anybody think that? Because there was a, a feeling that if you got like a terminal disease you were being punished by right. God for something horrible that you had done. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. God does not judge. God does not punish. Those are things that human beings do to each other.
1: <laughs> That's, it's so interesting that you said that because, you know, I've just come from my brother's place and he came home from the hospital yesterday and he said, you know, the same thing. He said, I don't want people to know I've been sick. And it's like, why? Because I don't want them to judge me as being lesser or weaker or not this Christian sort of the devil done it, but just this masculine pride that my body could fail me in some way. You know, like oh it's
0: like. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, well you open that heart chakra just a little bit more.
1: <laughs> Darling, a moment, let me tell you.
0: <laughs> Fierce uh-huh. love. You know, I, it's funny because I have a, I have a client right now who's, um, facing cancer surgery, right. And, and, you know, we've been, we've been talking about all of these ideas that we have about what is disease and, you know, did I do something horrible to, to bring this on myself and, you know, with the new age idea of, of creating our own reality, it's like, well, how did I create this? It's like, oh my God, give it a rest and you know we live in a 3d world and shit happens <laughs> but but it's also our judgment of the disease it's our judgment of the event whatever it is and you know when you when you step back from the judgment and and you look at it it's like okay this is a this is a situation that i never wanted but maybe there's something that i can learn from this and maybe there's some way that i can grow from this and get a newer new perspective and 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 change because of this and you know i I, as you say you saw your brother open his mind it's like humans do not unfortunately do not learn you know when they're fat and happy and wealthy yeah because they think i got it all you know i'm a master i'm a master look at all this you know life is good they they're not going to learn anything so what happens it's like we have to be like beat down into the pit before we like let go of that ego construct and say oh maybe i don't know it all yeah <laughs> maybe i can't control it all uh Maybe there is something I can learn, you know. But it's interesting
1: because I, I heard you say this on another um, podcast as well. It's like just when you think you've got it nailed, you know, and oh, I love, yeah. you know, like you're sort of like, okay, I've lived, you know, I've had an NDE and I've lived 30, 40, 50 years with all this stuff. And I think I've got all this stuff nailed, you know, life says, boom. Yeah. Well, let's see how you apply it in this situation. You know? Yes. And I just laughed because I just I could so relate to that. I could so relate to that. But, you know, this creating our own reality, this is something I teach and Mm -hmm. we do. So maybe getting cancer is something that I wanted because maybe I wanted to know how to be more connected to source energy and maybe inside my health I was so distracted by life that I always put that on the back burner and illness, you know, put it right in front of me. And, you know, so how can I want what I have instead of not wanting what I have? Like, how can I want the cancer? How can I want the illness? How can I want So I think that we are co-creating with our higher self. So the ego wants stuff. The ego wants money and success and travel and love and all this stuff that we think we want. But the higher self has a whole different sort of 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 wants, you know, like the soul. I want to know what it is to be, um, to feel humility. I want to know what it is to feel forgiveness. I want to know what it is to feel unconditional love. Therefore I have to feel abandoned so that I can return to it. So.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly. I think, um, I think in a way, you know, with, with that whole concept we kind of walk in two different worlds, like in two mm-hmm. different dimensions and on, on a higher dimension, you know, we, we know that it's all, it's all orchestrated. Right. And, and it's all for a purpose. Um, but in, in, you know, in the 3d world, um, especially if you've never studied metaphysics or anything like that. I mean, I, I, I tread very carefully with people because if you've never heard of the concept of well, maybe you called this into your reality for a reason. You know what? I'm gonna give myself cancer. That's crazy talk. You know, it's, yeah. You know, on 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 that from that dimensional perspective, it's like you just can't get it. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes I've I've had luck in, in retrospect, it's like once they get through it, I mean, if I'm talking them down from terror because they, they're facing the surgery and they don't know what they're going to find when they do the lab test, they don't know, you know, how bad it is or what's going to happen, you know, if it would be cruel, I think, if I said, well, you know, you create, you created this for yourself, you know, they'd be Um. like, I'm never coming back to you as a coach, you know, but
1: i know you can't tell someone in trauma that they create their own reality
0: no 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 they'd be like are you friggin' crazy you are a loony and you just need to go away my guide said
1: unless you can depends where they are like yeah yeah you you have to
0: you have to sense where that is and Mm. in retrospect what i found is when they start telling me about the gifts that that they have started to know. I mean, I encourage them to look for the silver lining and look for the gift when they start telling me about the gift, then I can gently move into the area of, of how we our higher selves and us create, create our reality. It's not mm-hmm. our ego and our conscious mind creating it. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, and, and in the other extreme people, latch on to that idea and they think oh my god if i have one bad thought i'm going to create that and that's not how it works either Mm. so uh it's the whole co-creating thing i mean i totally get it but it's it's um it's hard for people to grasp i think well darling
1: i've dedicated my life to
0: trauma I've dedicated
1: my life teaching it to people, and that's why. Well, and so
0: you know. Uh, I know, exactly.
1: (laughs) But, you know, a negative thought doesn't hold as much power as a positive thought to manifest. So when you think about it, you know, source energy, when we talk about an NDE, is this unbelievable, inconceivable, unconditional, pure, positive Another
0: lion showed up. Another (laughs) My
1: line's asleep next to me now. And, Not to um, be ignored. <laughs> and as we, as we distort that energy with our thoughts, you know, the more negatively we think, the more we pinch off our right. body, our, you know, mind from that energy. So the, when you have a negative thought, you don't hold as much. That is the power of creation, you know, the power right. of the creator. Right. So when you think negatively, it doesn't hold as much energy to manifest as a positive thought. So. That's why it's taken, you know, my my brother's in his late fifties. It's taken him, you know, forty years to manifest this heart condition. Forty years of cynicism and yeah, and yeah, like he's a cynical. But I, he said it in hospital. My sister-in-law was telling me he said, "I'm a bit of a cynical bastard." I like, Are
0: you getting that now? <laughs> so let's Uh, stop energizing that
1: (laughs) yeah oh bless him he's like he's so he's so soft and gentle at the moment but you know I was um I was watching a thing with Byron Katie she was speaking to a man who had cancer do you know who Byron Katie is
0: oh yes she's phenomenal
1: so this guy was sitting there and he's emaciated with cancer. He's had one eye taken out. The poor guy had been ravaged by cancer. He was just like a skeleton with an eye patch on. And, and the thought was, I don't want this cancer. I want it to go away. And she was turning that around saying, you know, turn that around. And he says, I do want this cancer. And she's going, yeah. And just like you were saying, he couldn't fathom that yeah. his, his body had been ravaged with this disease, how he could ever want it. And she asked him, now I've got the garbage trucks outside, sorry if you can hear them, but she asked him, tell me why you want it, what has happened to you since you? And he started to list, he said, I've never felt more loving in my whole life, I've never felt more grateful, I've never been closer to my wife, I've never appreciated my children more. And he just started to list Uh stuff that the cancer brought him and every time I watch that I just ball and ball and ball because you know he just starts to get it
0: yeah he stops
1: fighting it and he starts loving it and when you start to love what you have yes you hear that's the, key.
0: That's that's the key that's
1: the key you know I just fierce love is the message that I take from this um from this today, fierce love, fierce, because you said, you know, that lion is so fierce. fierce. Yes.
0: And to to embrace everything in our lives. I mean, it's Mm. our judgment that makes this bad and that bad and this good and that good. And if we can stay in neutrality and just accept, you know, this is what life is, you know, in, in all its glory and all its variation And, you know, oh, let's see what we can make of this. Yeah. You know, once you take that onus of the judgment and, you know, if you move into self-pity, that's even worse. You know, when you take that judgment away, it's just what is.
1: It is what it is. And it's
0: like, oh, I wonder where this experience is going to lead me.
1: Going to take me, yeah. So let me go back to your NDE. When you saw all those past lives, did you see any future lives?
0: I didn't see any future lives for myself, but I did see a vision of uh, the golden age of humanity.
1: Ooh, let's talk about that then.
0: (laughs) And remember, this was 1985, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to happen, you know? (laughs) Have you seen what's going on out there? and um and it was interesting because i it kept it kept coming back to me afterwards right and and i would have these talks to the lion people and i'd say you know that was just really nasty of you to show me that because it you know if i there's no way that's going to happen before i die and that's just mean you know (laughs) what could be and I won't get to experience it's kind of like showing Moses the promised land but you can't go you know and and I really got the sense of like kind of you know I often hear them laugh right here you know just this gentle loving oh honey you know look at that again you know and and um you know, they think we torture ourselves with our thoughts. They really do. And then they're like, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. Um, but I know, I, I started to realize that I was supposed to remember that. And I was supposed to understand that we have the, the ability to create that. We have the ability to create it tomorrow. Yeah. And, and it is up to us. And what did you see? I saw basically, you know, the kind of, of of world that I think almost everybody on the planet wants, where we're not on a treadmill, we don't have to like work. Almost every waking hour at a job we probably don't really like in order to support ourselves and give ourselves shelter and clothing and, and food and take care of our loved ones. We have people work according to what they're called to do mm-hmm. and, and, and what their gifts are and what they enjoy and what, what they can thrive at and, and thrive with and 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 what they can share with with others and and so so people there there's the concept of working in a job you don't like just doesn't even exist anymore
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and the idea of what I saw was kind of a um, a melding of the racial colors mm-hmm. and that and and Along with that an understanding that you know under the skin we're all exactly you know we're all the same, and we all want the same things and and if we can if we can let go of the concept of separation and we can let go of fearing the other, fearing the one who doesn't look like me, um, and we start to work together there's no problem on this planet that we can't solve and that we can't solve pretty quickly
1: yeah absolutely so did they show you um did they show you like a screen of a society in the future so so what what were you what were you looking at like so you saw a a melding of the so you saw a whole lot of people living what did it look like
0: um it was mostly i You know, I could tell that they were happy because everybody was smiling, whether they were, quote unquote, working at something or or not. Um, uh, I mean, you know, it kind of looked like a sci-fi movie because it was, uh, you know, like advanced architecture and things were much lighter. I mean, I got the feeling of like, more like glass instead of concrete. Right. And there were there were um, uh, vehicles that that flew, you know, like little personal, little, little personal, like like the Jetsons, you know. And um, there was plenty to eat. There was um, there was no concept of toiling of you know working working hard anymore because there were uh there were advances scientific advances and and technology that helped us like you know like in star trek the replicators it's like yeah. you know if you can if you can go to a replicator and get everything you need that gets rid of you know Struggle. big agriculture and yeah. torture of animals for yeah. food and you know all of that stuff and um not to mention you know the cases where people have to toil in the in the fields to to pick things or whatever, so, um, but that was gone.
1: So did they tell? Did they give you a time frame, or did they say this is available for you, but it depends on how quickly humanity shifts in their consciousness? So it was like there
0: is, there, there is no determined. There's no predetermined mm-hmm. time frame. We could have it tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Hmm. We could, couldn't we?
0: It's you know, like when I, when I was right a kid. Right there.
1: <laughs> when I was a kid, growing up, watching the Jetsons, I thought, you know, when I grow up, well, I'll have a flying car. So now right. I'm like, you know, past grown up. And I'm thinking, where are the flying
0: cars? <laughs> well, we can't have them because we're still using oil, you know. But <laughs> I know instead
1: of anti-grav, you know, like right, right, anti-grav. And I think Tesla was talking anti-grav a hundred years ago, but we've been held yeah. back. So, what can we do? The we being the people that are watching this and me to help bring that future here.
0: Well, I. My biggest thing is to be authentic.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because
0: when, when we are authentic, you know, we're not putting out all those fear vibes. We're not putting out all those insecure vibes and hate vibes and, and all of that. And, and so the vibration that we're carrying is higher and, and other people can entrain to that vibration. Yeah. And, and you know as Einstein said you can't solve a problem from the same mindset that created it and and I would interpret that that you can't solve a problem in the same vibration that it was created in
1: exactly so
0: by raising our vibration what I what I have experienced in my life is you know as I pulled more and more and it took me a long time I mean you know I didn't like come out of my NDE and go oh I got it now. I'm a master, and my life changed. I mean, it was a long, slow slug to get here. But, <laughs> the, you know, it's like the more authentic I became and the more I followed my heart instead of my head, and even when it was scary, um, the better my life got. Yeah. So, I mean, I look around and I see all these people who are having like these just horrendous lives and I'm sitting back going, God, my life is really good. (laughs) It's like, I love my life, you know, (laughs) I'm like living in the golden age. And that's why I say the title of my book is, is creating heaven on earth one soul at a time. It's like, if we can create heaven on earth for ourselves and for our families, and that and that happens by being authentic, following our heart. It's like stop doing the job you hate and find what your heart wants you to do. It's like yeah, it'll be scary because you might not have the you know right away you might not have that paycheck coming in, and oh, what if I don't have health care? You know, we've built up the society that kind of keeps us prisoner to these things, and. And the more we can separate from that, the more we can get off the hamster wheel and, and you know, enjoy our relationships and our children and our friends and, and, and love and accept ourselves and, and be true to ourselves, the more our individual life gets better and gets easier. What what I have found is when you get an idea of something that you think your heart wants, and you take the first kind of shaky step toward that, even if you're shaking in your boots, the universe rolls out the red carpet and and helps it happen for you. But you've got you've gotta like gear up your courage and stare down the fear and start heading in that direction. And when you do, it all just goes like dominoes. Mm. And, and the more people who can do that, the faster the world will change.
1: Yeah. Hallelujah to that dying one. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. Absolutely. It's not
0: gonna happen from the top down. It's not like, oh, we're gonna get a president who's gonna say, hey, let's create heaven on earth. Yeah. No. (laughs) It's gonna happen from individuals making a change.
1: Individuals with that courage. The courage of the lion. The courage of the lion. You know, just I want to say one thing because it's no coincidence. Last night I find myself now. Why did I find myself listening? I found myself looking at that um, light over Jerusalem. There was this light, I think it was about eight years ago, that, yes, was like yeah. a, that came and hovered over the uh-huh. temple and mm-hmm. then it went like that. And then it. But um, someone took a video of it when it was just in the sky and I thought about that light that was in the sky when Jesus was born and how it mm. led. And it just, you know, to me I'm just wow. looking at this thinking, Uh, Jesus was an alien (laughs)
0: he was a lion being (laughs) and that light was a spaceship (laughs) that would not not surprise me at all (laughs) (laughs) I just
1: how there's sort of two messages here I was watching that watching that uh, thing in Jerusalem and then talking to you today about lion beings. (laughs) you know and then Jesus is always depicted with the lion the lion and the lamb so I guess the lamb, you know, constitutes that that superiority that you, especially Leo people that have can, that sort of that lion pride that they think they're superior but to remember that we're all here together, we're all, you right. know, fallible, that, that superiority that you were talking about at the mm-hmm. beginning is like remember the lamb that um, we all make mistakes but mistakes are beautiful and that... Uh, oh, Yeah. And that they loved all our mistakes, you know, That when you said that the lion Totally, are,
0: yeah. totally. And that's the, yeah, the lamb to me, yeah, you're right, is, is humility. And, you know, the more humble you are, again, that you're not trying to prove anything to anybody.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: You're not... You know, I don't have what's right for you. I I know I'm I'm learning what's right for me. Yeah. And and you know, what's right for you is is your truth. Yeah. You know, you've got to figure that out. You know, I can't tell you. But yeah, I that's intra I hadn't thought of that of the lion and the lamb. It's like take that fierce courage and be humble with it.
1: Yeah. And exactly. be
0: gentle with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, honey, well, I don't even know how long we've been talking. Probably, oh, gosh, an hour and a half or so. <laughs> uh, I think we should wrap it up, shouldn't we? Any last messages from the lion people to people watching the show? We've, we've said lots of messages, but any last?
0: <laughs> well, when you asked me that, the thing that came into my head was be of good cheer.
1: <laughs> be of good cheer. Don't take it all so seriously.
0: All all is well. And yeah, when we lighten up, I I always find it interesting. We talk about the light. We talk about enlightenment. We talk about lighten up. And, you know, if we can stop taking this all so dreadfully seriously, you know, um, that helps too and and you know it's it's all working out it's all working out for the best even even when we can't see that even when we look look out in the world and go <laughs> you know what on earth Ooh, i dropped my <laughs> uh, it it's it's all working out and and we have we have so much help yeah around us Every single person, not just the people in this religion or in this club or whatever, every single person on this planet has so much help. And the biggest thing is you have to remember to ask.
1: (laughs) You have to remember to ask. Absolutely. Okay. So you have a newsletter that you put out with blogs. Where can people find out more about you?
0: Well, I have a, a website and it's a Lion Magic, L-I-O-N-M-A-G-I-C dot com. And 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 I have it's a little bit of a hodgepodge of different things because I like variety. And um, but I have a lot of videos of presentations and radio interviews of me talking about my NDE yep. and what I learned. And then I also do presentations about the great shift that we're undergoing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why everything just looks like it you know is going to hell on a hand card it's because we're in the middle of the shift and um, that's a good sign <laughs> and um, so I have a lot of that that's free I do the do the newsletter I just realized I sent one out last week and uh, realized I hadn't done one for three for six months and it's like oh, wow, wow time is going by so fast. I can't, I know that.
1: I try to get one out at least once a month and I struggle with that. I used to put yeah. them out weekly,
0: but I know you get, busy. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, you know, it's like I get prompted. It's sort of like, you know, you won't get inundated with, with emails from me because I only do it, you know, when I, I start to get prompted by the lion people, uh, okay, you need to put out a newsletter and it needs to be about this. It's like okay, and I, I start I'll be starting to go to sleep, and and I'll have paragraphs writing in my head. You know, it's like okay, I'll do it. Um, so you can go to my website and you can sign up for that, and you can also read all of the archives um, of of my uh, uh, newsletters. And and you know, I I have to say, it's like I don't really channel per se, but it's always a joint effort. I I don't I don't write them alone yeah and and, um and sometimes I'll go back and read one and I'll I'll, you know I'll read a paragraph and I'll go wow that's good because I know that didn't just come out of my head you know it's like oh somebody's feeding me some really good lines I mean it's kind of like I have the divine teleprompter you know and um did they tell you what dimension they live in the lion people doesn't matter well, when you asked that, I got 14.
1: Okay. because So, um, you know, my guides have said to me, it's only the human mind that needs to, um, you know, compartmentalize dimensions that in right. reality, in reality, there is no, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth dimension. Yeah. There is just a quality of vibration. But yes. we interpret that quality of vibration with a numeral, you know, like, right. Right. so 14. Because
0: they're like right here, you know, mm-hmm. they're. They're right here. <laughs> yeah. But, but because they're vibrating at such a high frequency, I can't see them. Yeah. They can so see us. Have you
1: ever seen them with your outside eyes or only with your third eye? Have you ever sort of seen an apparition or anything? No. No.
0: And, mm. and, and, and I've asked. I'm well, like, I come on. I, I want a lion person in my living room for yeah. a scene. I guess and,
1: that they vibrate at such a high <laughs> frequency that our physical eyes just can't see it. It's like a, it's like a fan that's spinning really fast, our, you know, and it it disappears. Yeah, like our physical yeah. eyes can't perceive of it. Yeah. yeah, but you've obviously seen them. You know, you get visions of them. You see them in your third eye. You, you know, you
0: see them. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like no, I I really do think that it's you know it's just it's painful for them to to. Like slow, slow their own vibration down slow enough to be here in a physical way. Yeah, and uh, it's sort of like you know, I always get you don't need that. That's your ego.
1: That's your ego. <laughs> Absolutely, that's what they've told me too. I've like, come on, guys, someone, ET or someone, just show up in my living room so I can see you with my. And they said, oh, seriously, that's just your ego that wants that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I get get over yourself. You know what I mean? So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they,
0: you know, we have this this very nice, uh, irreverent relationship. <laughs> I get it. I have the same poke, relationship with they mine. They poke me, you know. They poke me a lot. Uh, but, but yeah, they're here for anybody. And they, they would love to be asked to help.
1: Yeah. They would love it. So remember to ask. Need some courage? Ask the lion people. Thank you, darling one. Thank you so Thank much for you. being on the show. this
0: show. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> we need to talk again, even if we're not on a show. Absolutely, <laughs> we'll
1: check in again soon. Because yes. I, I uh, see that the lion people, um, they've said to me that this conversation will actually. Um, spark more remembrance in you and you'll there's there's lots more from ellen die there's lots oh, more to come okay. from Ellen. Dye. so we'll <laughs> have to have another conversation when you get your book out too and we can talk more about how to create heaven on earth
0: yeah. all right i would love that thanks a lot
1: isn't ellen a lot of fun the magnetic and inspirational ellen die she's just such a cack So how are the lion people helping you are they helping you with your courage are you seeing that fierce love in your life are they helping you with your pride you know all that stuff that we talk about leo and lion and are you a guardian to someone in some way the guardian of your own knowledge the guardian of other people it was fascinating to talk about the lion people i loved it i don't have any leo in my chart i was just telling ellen just then Except for some future point was in Leo. I can't remember what that was called now. So but I have a lot of I have a lot of Leo friends. I have a lot of Leo best friends. A few of them have left exited the Matrix. But I love that sort of Leo energy. I think it's the sun sign, you know, they radiate. You radiate that beautiful, warm, generous, loving energy. But you know what? Here's the thing. We don't have to have Leo in our chart to radiate that beautiful, loving, generous sort of guardian-type energy, we can radiate that just by connecting to source because obviously the lion people come from source just like we come from source, but that's maybe an aspect of source that they carry, that beautiful, loving, protective, warm, generous energy. So if you need a little bit more courage in your life to share your story, to get your music out of you as a Wayne Dye would say, or to speak your truth. Yeah. Call on the lion people to help you. The guardians of the galaxy. (laughs) Isn't there a movie called that? The guardians of the galaxy. Thanks again for watching another show, accentuating the positive with the beautiful Ellen Dye. And remember to buy the book, buy the book. If you haven't bought the book and, uh, Let me know what you think of the stories in the book. Ellen's just said that she's going to write for uh, one of the books coming out next year, which is about my ET connections. Because the lion people, even though we think of them maybe more as spirit guides because they're, as Ellen said, fourth dimensional or they vibrate at a frequency where they're not seen so much as physical beings. They actually are physical beings or sort of a type of physical being. They are not human beings, so they are actually ET's. And um, so she's going to write about My ET Connections because they are, they are ETs. So that'll be beautiful to read more about them in the upcoming book, My ET Connection. Working title at the moment. Don't know if that's the real title. So um, yeah, next book out is hopefully, (laughs) get it out soon, is uh, People's Awakening Stories. And then we're going to do another book about people's angel connections, angel encounters, you know, how angels have helped people here on earth. So if you've got an angel encounter where you've been saved by an angel or had some sort of angelic vision or experience, let me know. Go to the Awakening Soul series and uh, submit your story for review and uh, we'll have a look at it. So thanks again for watching and listening and I love you all and I'll see you again soon. Bye for now looking